0: <laughs> what oh, okay. is going on
1: tonight?
0: So apparently they uh released it what even, the new Miss Frizzle looks like. There's another new Miss Frizzle? Or the I don't know, is it? I don't know. I haven't fought and even nope. know that there was a. There's there's a Netflix series. Okay, yeah, there's they're, they're and, talking about that one then. And Kate McKinnon plays Miss Frizzle. She's the other Miss Frizzle's cousin or niece or something. So Lily Tomlin still shows up on the show. So like The first
1: two tweets that I see are Netflix really was like Miss Frizzle, but not Jewish. And when I was your age, Miss Frizzle was a Jewish lesbian.
0: (laughs) All those are words I like.
2: I didn't have my microphone plugged in. Jeez. What the fuck?
1: (laughs) This person's like the new Miss Frizzle would tell me my autism is curable through prayer. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Old Miss Frizzle looks like an actual mid 30s school teacher who went to a woman's college, did a lot of drugs, and burned out. New Miss Frizzle looks like the actress who would get cast to play Old Miss Frizzle in a rom com where she met a stockbroker and becomes a housewife.
2: <laughs> Ooh. I'm just jaded by that woman on TikTok now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. It's not fair. Yeah, it is.
1: <laughs> Hard to explain, but I would come out to the old Miss Frizzle, but not the new one. True old Miss Frizzle is a real ally new Miss Frizzle asked which of us is the girl in the relationship Uh why are
0: they giving it to new Miss Frizzle so bad she's Kate McKinnon leave her alone just gonna go keep having a go at the funniest woman in the entire world
1: this new Miss Frizzle bullshit is MILF erasure thanks Biden you sack of shit <laughs> <laughs> New Miss Frizzle is DTF. Oh no,
0: old Miss Old Miss Frizzle is DTF. New Miss Frizzle is in the ATF. I'm really bummed about this, Zach, because New Miss Frizzle looks so much like Caitlin. So they're just having to go with your wife. So how about we discuss why we love movies by doing our cold open? Our topic of what movies inspired us to love movies. Good topic. Just a lovely, yeah. Uh, I, I picked this topic because apparently, and this uh, might sound a little silly later, uh, this film inspired Steven Spielberg to love movies. Well. He said this was the first film he saw in theaters when he was a child. and I guess a child in 1952. Wasn't seeing much better films, so. Huh. Okay. So this, this was the film he got, and he loves it. So, uh. Zach, would you like to start us out tonight?
2: Sure. Um, you know, I I was thinking about all the movies. A lot of them are the typical of of our our age, and um, you know, things like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, and you know, Jurassic Park and Batman. You know, those are the things that when I was a kid, I was like, oh. This is magic. This is this is awesome. And then, you know, as I get to be a middle schooler and into high school, things like To Kill a Mockingbird or um, The Godfather. And I know you're not a fan, but A Clockwork Orange was one of those first, like, weird movies I watched that is holy shit, movies can do this too. <laughs> and um, then I got to give a shout out to Stand By Me, Snoopy Come Home. Taught me how to cry. And the fountain. So
0: good list. Probably good. Yeah. A lot of good stuff there.
1: Yeah. Jonathan. So mine came in three phases. Okay. With these three movies. Okay. First one being clerks. That kind of allowed me to Look at movies a little bit differently because you know it was black and white. Like it was kind of one of those first movies where I looked at it and was like, "I'm not going to enjoy that." And then I watched, it and I was like, "Oh, well, okay." Um, the next one was Fight Club hmm. because it was the movie that finally ended in a way that I've always wanted it to. Like you never get a movie that will end like that. That gives you that, like with a single
0: frame of a penis,
1: and with a single frame of a penis, you never get that. <laughs>
2: Rarely, rarely.
1: Yeah, no, I just <laughs> like that, that, oh shit, it, the plan came together. Mm-hmm. It's always thwarted in some way. I love it when just these wacky ass plans come together. Our fight Club made me appreciate the fact that that can happen. Mm. And my third movie is American Splendor. What because a
0: good movie. it's oh, so amazing.
1: It. Oh, I love this movie so much. Uh, but it's one of those movies where, you know, me and Paul were talking about how Tom Waits is a name that's not in enough mouths. And I feel like American Splendor is in that area of not enough people know about this movie
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and
1: me knowing about it. I feel like a better person because
0: of it. It's so good. Just, I love that movie so much. If, if only for the song.
1: Where is my American American Splendor? Splendor?
0: (laughs) So -hmm.
1: those are my three. I feel like each one of those helped me grow as a person to appreciate film excellent
0: thanks nice. uh i guess for me i'd watched a lot of star wars and indiana jones when i was a kid and i i liked star wars and indiana jones a lot uh but for me it was the 89 batman hmm. uh and yeah. and little mermaid both came out the same summer saw them those are the two movies i remember seeing in theaters the first ones at least I, I know I had gone to the theater before that, but those are the first two that I remember like going to a theater, sitting down and watching right. and remembering parts of the movie and going home and repeating them ad nauseum.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, and I, I feel like it's only fitting that the two movies that I remember seeing in theaters first are the two movies that completely ruin film for the rest of time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, but to kind of parrot Zach a little bit. And then of course it's, it's Jurassic park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1993 was a big summer for me. I, I moved from Virginia beach to Newport news. And the first thing my dad did was take me to, uh, I believe it was the AMC seven and the Patrick Henry mall. We went and saw Jurassic park. It was the first film I saw in a theater <sighs> in the town that I call home now. Nice. And I, I probably saw it like three more times at the Dollar Run Theater on Fort Eustis After that, hell yeah, uh, that was the first time I'd ever gone to see a movie more than once in a theater. Mm. Um, mm. and then, uh, and then I saw Train Spotting. Ooh, trains and 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 you with Clockwork Orange was me with Train Spotting. Yeah, Train Spotting. I I watched that though. I was like, <laughs> I was maybe fourteen. <laughs> I should not have watched that movie. I was like, mm. oh my god, what are we doing here?
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And man, I love movies. I love them so yeah. much.
2: Me too. I think um you brought up first movie. My first movie that I remember going to theaters. It's kind of funny and not really appropriate was Terminator 2. I was
1: <laughs> I was like, Where are you going with it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I,
2: five years old, and my dad said, I asked him recently, I was like, because I found him after he'd left Mr. Magoo. Um, <laughs> I said, why did you take me to Terminator 2? And he said, I thought you could, you know, separate fantasy from reality. No. And I mean, I guess he was right for the most part. Although, like you mentioned, with parroting things from Batman and Little Mermaid, I unfortunately called a kid a dipshit on the bus and got a note home
1: you know 100 percent the reason your dad took you to terminator 2 is because Mm -hmm. your mom told him to take you and he was going to go see that movie no matter what
2: (laughs) right well yeah i think i think uh she said they actually had a conversation about it and he convinced her that it was okay (laughs) yeah he was gonna go see it no matter what it was
1: was either that or (laughs) she didn't want to go see it and he was going to go see it
0: yeah yeah i I think the first rated r movie i remember seeing in theaters was true lies so i was like 10 Mm
2: -hmm. we got that arnold connection
0: yep and uh nice and and james cameron
2: Mm -hmm, uh
0: and and both both were the highest uh the highest budget film of the time they came out (laughs) can you believe true Lies was the first film that was made for over 100 million dollars I heard that so much. A lot.
1: Of, I'm sure it was the 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 uh, the jet scene.
0: Oh really, yeah, kinda, absolutely. In that, and and blowing up those bridges. Yeah, um, yeah. I that's the first rated R movie I remember going to see at theaters, at least.
2: Amazing.
0: And then a couple of years later, my dad takes me to see Starship Troopers. And I'm like 16 <laughs> <laughs> or 13. I was like, who? This is a thing. Nice. All right, shall we talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie! beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worthy Podcast, the show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week? Jonathan. Today, we're talking about The Greatest
1: Show on Earth, which is literally one train crash away from just going to the freaking circus.
0: That's fair. This movie yeah. is... I guess I'll just say a thing for now. <laughs> hmm. uh, is this is this everybody's first time seeing it? Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces uh, of it, first time all the way through. Uh, this is not my first time, and I thought I had said something about it on our first, our little intro episode, but apparently I did not. Let's do an Oscar breakdown.
1: Yeah. Break it
0: down. All right. So, the twenty fifth Academy Awards. Which almost didn't happen. Oh. Because the studio was, again, we're complaining. And the studio said, it's too expensive to keep putting these awards on and we don't want to pay the entire bill anymore. (laughs) Also, we're losing a lot of revenue because this TV thing is just kicking us in the ass. Uh, Apparently, mm -hmm. apparently Ozzy and Harriet were just sucking money from the theaters. (laughs) So the Academy said, you know what? How about instead of fighting this TV thing, we start using it to our advantage more. And they get NBC to kick in $100,000 for the broadcast. And they broadcast yeah. it not only from NBC, but both from Hollywood and New York simultaneously. Oh. Uh, much like the Golden Globes did this year. Uh, and our hosts for the evening were bob hope in hollywood conrad Nagel was apparently the mc and friedrich march hosted from new york nice good lineup there all right our most nominated films of the evening go to three different films high noon moulin rouge and the quiet man and the most awarded film of the evening would be the Bad in the... Oh, those, those all had seven nominations. And the Bad and the Beautiful wins five. Oh, nice. Okay, this is the last year... Uh, uh, Greatest Show on Earth only wins two Academy Awards. And this would be the last year for over 60 years that the Best Picture winner only wins two awards. Greatest Show on Earth takes Best Picture, of course, over High Noon, Ivanhoe, Moulin Rouge, and The Quiet Man. John Ford takes Best Director over Cecil B. DeMille for The Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, John Ford wins his fourth and final Academy Award for The Quiet Man. Aww. John Ford, we love you. John Ford. Four. He has won four Academy Awards. It has not been matched to this day. There, of course, are two other directors with three Academy Awards. But only John Ford has four. Nice. Mm-hmm. Best Actor goes to Gary Cooper in High Noon, which probably should have won Best Picture. Uh, And just as a side note, Alec Guinness is nominated for The Lavender Hill Mob, a film that I think everybody here would enjoy. I will try to get you all a copy of it. Thank you. It's really good. I forgot it came out in 52 or else. Yeah, I would have. Best Actress goes to Shirley Booth for Comeback, Little Sheba. Uh, Best Supporting Actor goes to Anthony Quinn for Viva Zapata. Hmm. Best Supporting Actress goes to Gloria Graham for The Bad and the Beautiful, uh, beating out Gene Hagen from Singing in the Rain, the film that should have won Best Picture. Best Screenplay goes to The Bad and the Beautiful. Best Story and Screenplay goes to The Lavender Hill Mob. And, of course, because... We're still in this era of not knowing what the hell's going on with these writing awards. Best story goes to greatest show on earth. Bullshit. Excuse me.
1: What fucking story?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. Best documentary feature goes to the sea around us. Best documentary short subject goes to neighbors. Best live action short subject. One reel goes to light in the window. And best live action short subject, two reels, brings us to our podcast within a podcast, Walt Disney Oscar Watch. Ooh, who's she yelling at? I don't know. She's talking real loud on my phone, though. Him, girl. Let him know. <laughs> our podcast within a podcast has been interrupted by my wife's phone call.
1: Yeah.
2: You need to make a click call. Dial 1010-321. 1010 <laughs>
0: I was gonna say 10 10 220 because I think that's the one Terry Bradshaw used to do.
1: Oh.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. So Walt Disney picks up another Academy Award for the, the True Life Adventures documentary Waterbirds. 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 Water birds. I don't know. What are birds? What are birds? Waterbirds. No, oh. Stop. Uh after this, I'm gonna go to Waterburger. Mm. That's a stretch. You know, it. that's that's exactly how it sounds when Texans say, I promise you, <laughs> I promise you like we're going to go down to Waterburger.
1: Oh, it's so better than Iowa. or you go a Wurder burger.
0: Oh, Warsh, you're clear. Say so you go up to Baltimore and get a i burger.
1: And you go Warsh myself with Wurder.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Warsh. 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 Uh, <laughs> she's still going. Hey, babe. You're being really loud. We're over here talking about it cuz they can hear every word you're saying. <laughs> okay, best sh- short subject cartoon goes to Johan Mouse, of which there's no hyperlink, so I don't know what I don't know what this is.
2: Johan Mouse. I could find it. I know I can. Is that a is that a Tom and Jerry thing? I uh you are correct. It is a Tom is that- and Jerry
0: cartoon. Yeah, of course it is.
1: Why do they love Tom and Jerry so much?
2: I don't I know. actually remember this one because of the piano playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so Fred Jerry. Quimby picks up
0: another one, but you will be happy to know this is the last one he wins. <laughs> Good God. And I believe, if, if I can get back to the right page... It's all Tweety Bird from here. Uh, yeah, it's all Tweety Bird from here. Little Johnny Jet is... Also a Fred Quimby produced film, but it was directed by Tex Avery and it's not a Tom and Jerry. Okay. Oh, and that's a that's a short animated film based off of the Madeline books. Darling. Oh. Okay.
2: I meant Jerry does look pretty fly in his purple jacket. <laughs> the romance of transportation in
0: Canada is one of the is one of the nominees. Sultry. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh best scoring of a dramatic comedy picture goes to high noon hmm. best scoring of a musical picture goes to with a song in my heart how sweet uh also Except that when be- i hear that i think of singing in the rain which it beat out for yeah. this category which is horseshit <laughs> uh the best song From a movie goes to The Ballad of High Noon. Do not forsake me, oh my darling. From High Noon. Doesn't beat out anything I care about. Okay, best sound recording goes to Breaking the Sound Barrier. Best art direction, black and white. Goes to The Bad and the Beautiful. Beating out Rashomon. What? What? (laughs) What That came out in 1950 and won best for they gave it best foreign feature the year before what the hell is this get it together academy jesus christ all right best art direction color goes to moulin rouge which is probably the only good thing about that movie uh best cinematography black and white goes to the bad and the beautiful best cinematography color goes to the quiet man best costume design black and white goes to bad and the beautiful best costume design color goes to Moulin rouge Okay, I was wrong. That's the only other good thing about that movie. And Best Film and Editing goes to High Noon, beating out The Greatest Show on Earth. Oh, it also lost Costume Design. Which, honestly, if I was going to give it an Academy Award, it would have been Costume Design. Sure, Sure. All right. Are you ready for this? Long list of honorary awards. Sure. Because it's a lot of them. George Alfred Mitchell gets an award for the design and development of the camera which bears his name and for his continued and dominant presence in the field of cinematography. Joseph M. Schneck gets Schenck, Schenck, Schenck for his for long and distinguished service to the motion picture industry. Marion C. Cooper for his many innovations and contribution to the arts of motion pictures. Marion C. Cooper, the producer of king kong yes yes he was directed and produced okay silent film actor harold lloyd gets an honorary award for being master comedian and good citizen yay (laughs) bob hope gets another one i think this is his third one now For his contribution to the laughter of the world, his service to the motion picture industry, and his devotion to the American premise. American premise. Okay.
2: Promise not fulfilled.
0: And uh, Plymouth Adventure is given an honorary award for Best Special Effects, because again, that's not a category this year. They just handed it to Plymouth Adventure. Okay. Okay. Uh, best foreign language film goes to Forbidden Games from France. And the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award goes to Cecil B. DeMille, who of course produced and directed and won Best Picture for the Greatest Show on Earth. It is not in the National Film Registry, but I do like to say the films that are, so I'm gonna bring that list back up, put it on year of release, and scroll down to 1952 as I narrate all this while I'm doing it, the 1952 class is very small. Okay. Uh, It is The Bad and the Beautiful, which, of course, won five Academy Awards. High Noon, which should have won Best Picture. Magical Maestro, an animated short subject. The Quiet Man, Singing in the Rain, of course, which went in in 1989. Yeah. And This is Cinerama, which is a documentary. This is Cinerama. Oh, High Noon also went in in 1989. So two films from 1952 go in in 1989. And the film that won Best Picture didn't because it's a bad movie.
1: Yeah. yeah. So are we ready to talk about this movie?
0: Oh, I'm so ready to talk about this movie.
1: All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this movie was fucking boring for two and a half
0: hours oh god was
1: it? it's a circus that's literally all this movie is plus a train crash and don't forget the love triangle what triangle yeah. at no point was there a love triangle there was a crazy chick that's all it was there was one crazy chick who didn't know who she wanted it was whoever was battered or bruised at the time that's it, it. More <laughs> like
2: a, a love uh octagon
1: yeah i was gonna say some kind of love parallelogram of some kind
2: because <laughs> <it>, love rhombus
1: <laughs> yeah like charlton Heston wanted nothing to do with nothing outside of his job only
2: love the circus
1: yeah he just loves the circus and i don't even think it's that i think he hates his fucking job but it's his job and that's all he does yeah. <laughs> then you got german guy who wants <laughs> angel and then she's just <laughs> like eh I kind of want to fuck everybody, so... Meh. Uh, then you got Crazy Chick, who literally, like I said, she just wants whoever was most recently hurt.
0: Oh,
2: <sighs> uh, God, this movie's so dumb. It's so Shall bad. I compare it and to then, a pile of elephant shit?
1: And then that's literally <laughs> it. Like, that is the movie. Like, there is maybe at one point, other than the love triangle, the train crash, where... Some shady dudes absurd. stealing a wallet or something and Charlton has to socks him one like i mean they they throw him in the mud at that point <laughs> literally the rest of the i'd say 2 hours and 15 minutes of the movie is the circus is watching a circus act
2: all how do you feel about the circus i
0: am indifferent on the circus uh i i guess the one thing i've never liked about the circus is learning about <laughs> animal abuse yeah um and of of course this film ignores that completely because it was made in 1952 and abusing animals just wasn't a problem Um, yeah yeah so i don't know i i like trapeze artists and i like people who do weird sideshow shit but i'd rather see Mm. them and by themselves in a sideshow than in and i guess by the time that i came around and the circus was going around we weren't in giant three ring tents we were yeah. at the hampton coliseum <laughs> or whatever yeah. local stadium was going to host a circus yeah and i don't know the grandeur of that just doesn't appeal to my adult senses no uh, I, no i just
1: i hated the circus as a kid i thought it was boring I was always forced to ride the elephant and I didn't want to ride the elephant. The <laughs> elephant went in the circle that was about the size of this, my two hands together. And I hate clowns. I'm not scared of clowns. I just don't like things that are going to be in my personal space. And that's what clowns right. are made to do. Um, even though Jimmy Stewart's probably the best part of this entire freaking movie.
2: Jonathan, you are spouting my internal monologue to a T. I hate <laughs> the fucking circus i yes (laughs) i hated going to it as a kid it made me anxious it made me angry and i probably hate clowns more than you because they did scare me when i was a little kid i've overcome that now but i still do not like them i hate insane clown posse (laughs) they burnt down my friend's house but i won't get into that right now like wait the The actual insane clown posse well, it was some jugglos. Okay, okay, like okay, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, was was Twisted there with them? <laughs> they inspired the hate. No, I they're fine. They're they're good dudes these days. Whatever. Um, they just don't really? have
1: magnets work. But damn it, you beat me too, you son of a bitch!
2: <laughs> Look, but when they marched with what uh Black Lives Matter? Or yeah, what was yeah. It? Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. So it's like fine. Good. The, so it's oh,
1: it's okay for to be two cool guys that make horrible fucking music
0: so my 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 grandmother was in the hospital for about a week after her heart stopped and she was they uh they had finally decided to pull the plug and when we got the call that my grandmother had died i was showing my sister the song miracles by the insane clown bossy oh so i blamed the insane clown bossy
2: for my grandmother's death <sighs> yeah god another thing to add to the list <laughs> i am sorry paul Violent J, Shaggy, too
0: dope. And, if, yeah. if you hear me, don't, don't, don't hurt me. Okay, Hot come topic. the fuck at me. <laughs> I'm hot, ready. <laughs> you're saying something about hot topic?
1: No, I worked at Hot Topic, and I lived in a fairly juggalo rich area. Mm. Uh, for some strange reason, when you uh, when you join the Navy at 18 years old, you become a juggalo. Hit on fifteen-year-old kid kids at a hot topic uh, and uh, buy yourself a Honda Civic. I don't know what yep. these three things have to do with each other outside of the fact that it's what every eighteen-year-old kid did when they joined the navy.
2: So, a friend who had uh, the the dresser full of every colored Fago and everything. Ugh, okay, we're poor, going down the path, but clowns, yeah,
0: poor no. Fago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna tell one more ICP story and then I'll be done. I promise. Good. Thank you. Um, so like. I didn't realize ICP was still like a thing when I was in my 20s because I had a friend who loved them in middle school. And I just wrote that off as us being in middle school and liking mm. shitty music. I listened to corn. I saw corn, corn in concert.
2: Like, I still like issues.
0: issues. Issues was the reason I stopped liking corn.
1: Yeah, oh. issues was issues is when I stopped listening
0: to Corn. I didn't
1: stop liking them, but I stopped listening at issues. Like,
0: okay. I bought issues because I loved. Um, follow the Ish- leader, or follow the leader. Thank you. I okay. think Follow the Leader was their best album.
1: Oh, Life is peachy, is so
0: fucking good. I just, I don't like about half of that album. Even, even I get when, that, I, but even when I was a Corn fan, I didn't like about
1: half of that album. I understand why
0: people don't, but I just love that album so much.
1: That's, but anyway, let's. Here.
0: Anyway, getting on with. It. Um, And then I had one friend in high school who was really into uh, a lot of that stuff for some reason or another. And so I just didn't realize they were a thing anymore. And I moved to Illinois. And in Moline, Illinois, there was a record shop called Co-op Records. And I walked in there to look for a CD one time. And when I went to check out, the entirety of behind the counter was nothing but ICP nothing yes, but Lord. icp i mean i bet it was there because it all got stolen i was like haha <laughs> icp why do you have that and he was exactly it that's that's what gets stolen the most yep.
1: <laughs> Yes. <laughs> sorry i didn't mean
2: to no 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 there, but... no that's fine here here i'll put <laughs> that a makes diff- it that makes it funnier i'll I'll put a
0: different button on the uh on the topic and i think i sent this to zach not too long ago uh then i go to find out that a couple of uh juggalos strangled a girl at a Taco Bell parking lot, dismembered her and tried to burn her body and hide it in a public park trash can. Yep, that's God. not none of that's funny. No. I just don't know what else to do. Because <laughs> I'm uncomfortable.
2: Yeah. God. Yeah, I knew people with hatchet man tattoos and shit. Oh,
1: like, I yeah, I have many a friend with hatchet man tattoos on their necks
2: and what happened? <sighs> don't know. And no. Fucking clowns. So no. anyway.
1: And every uh, ICP I, apologist, no, The Great Blanco is not good. No, Everybody always true. seems to think that that's like the one album, that's the exception. and No, it's not. It's, none no. of it is
0: good. None of it.
2: All their albums. The are beats good. are fine. Sometimes. I get that they're
0: supposed to be funny. They're just no. not funny.
2: No. They're not funny.
0: Uh Anyway, so back to Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Hmm. My my review on Letterbox was everything about this movie pisses me off. Especially wasting a good Jimmy or great Jimmy Stewart performance, right? Yep. The only reason I gave this film half a star. There's my half, half star. a star. We'll get, oh shit! We'll get yeah, back we'll to get that. Um, okay. I don't like this movie, and Jimmy Stewart gives such a good and earnest and varied performance. He does I'm just like this movie, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He must have just like been hanging out, and they're like, let's put some makeup on him. And...
1: Well, you know, it almost seems like he's going. Any- <laughs> Char- Charlie, you- no, no. Uh, well, I guess I fucking have to do it now. Like
0: that's yeah. what it feels like.
1: Like he's it like, really, if no one yeah. else is going to put in any effort,
0: it it really, yeah, it really feels like Cecil B. DeMille was like, hey, come be in my movie, and Jimmy was like, oh, well, I wanted to work for you. What what are you going to have me do? <laughs> uh, well, you're going to be a clown. Oh, I love clowns. It's like, then you're going to be in makeup the whole time. Oh, that that sounds wonderful. And you killed your wife. Oh, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Fuck. Spoiler warnings for this movie. Nobody needs to see it.
1: Okay. And also, so crazy chick, who should name? I did not even talk about Holly. Maybe the sure.
2: Artist. Yeah. I
1: don't think I remember anybody's name in this movie. Not one person.
0: Not even the great Sebastian. Sebastian. Okay, so the great Sebastian. I, I remember Charlton Heston, that's his name, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. What is it,
0: Brad? Um, <laughs>
1: what if it was Brad? <laughs> so crazy chicks like, are you the doctor that killed his wife out of love because you loved her too much? Like, did they mention why he killed his wife at any point?
2: Uh because yeah, she was very the, sick.
1: The, oh there's one
2: line, okay, a brief I missed line it. that she was dying anyway, and he like assisted suicide yeah. or something.
1: Yeah, okay. So we're going to need to do a thing here. Um, we're going to need to tell Jonathan the movies to not take a nap before watching the movies.
2: <laughs> because well, This wasn't as a fine, I feel, but I mean, that's like you missed a, a half second. I feel line. like
0: after we finished recording last week, I literally said to you guys, this is the kind this of movie vlog. that's going to make you not want to do this show anymore.
2: <laughs> Actually, I'm glad... That we had a stinky movie to talk about helps me. It's cathartic. It's a long week. Now I'm just getting it all off my chest. Oh, God. it's well, such a stinky one too. And, and this
1: is this is why we made this podcast is so that we can go. Hey, Academy, Stinging in the Rain was just like an inch away. What the fuck is your problem? But I know just, we and, talked about this a bit last well, week, but just Stinging in the Rain wasn't even nominated. Like, the fuck is what, your problem? Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, it, it had to be political because of American No, I think Bears it was literally
1: year. because of last year.
0: They didn't yeah. want to do two of those movies in a row. Yeah. And and this was also are you ready for this? The highest grossing film of the year at 12 million dollars.
1: Like I feel like I want to go back there and say, "Hey, how much is it to go see the circus and wait like for them to come to you. Save the money, uh, like stay out of the theater for two and a half hours. Just fuck, oh, it's so bad. And so, and it's bad because it's the circus. I think if there was maybe some other topic, <laughs> it maybe would have been better. Like, if I'd have gotten, I don't know, a two and a half hour movie that was nothing but burlesque shows.
0: Like, I mean, I've seen that. It. And it's a two <laughs> and a half hour movie. And I guarantee you, like, an hour 30 to an hour 45 is nothing but circus. It's yes. more than that. I like, really think it's two like, hours of just circus. Like, yeah, just legitimately watching circus performers. I mean yeah. you, you get a lot of that trapeze stuff because you know your main character is a trapeze artist.
2: Yeah. And and I mean that's it's good or whatever. Was
0: but.
1: he? I was that the main <laughs> character? I don't know who to care about in this movie. I mean
2: Yeah, Holly and the great Sebastian were competing as trapeze artists and like they were like, like that's just, the main competition of the movie. And
1: Paul was talking about, you know, how he, he can enjoy trapeze artists and I got a park across the street and Kids go on the freaking monkey bars, and I, at least I get the gratitude of watching them fall on their face. Sometimes I get more out of watching across the street than I do from watching Bees artists. It's I so, don't understand the circus at all. It smells. It's bad for so many people and animals and just yeah. I
2: have a quick question, Paul. You mentioned it. The box office at twelve million. I I glanced at Wikipedia. It said it was thirty six million. I don't know if that's like for for re
0: yeah that, that was probably re-releases and
2: okay so i was like it had a four million dollar budget and did 36 million that's almost 10 times as much but i guess it's
0: yeah um so it must have just made 12, 12 in uh, that's still triples the budget so yeah and um 52 because it made 12.8 in 52 and the second place Film of the year was The Snows of Kilimanjaro. And that made <laughs>
2: 6.5. <laughs> I guess some people just couldn't, didn't have the circus near them because they only ran the 10 week thing or something. I don't
0: know. It's just, <laughs> yeah, there's just, there were I,
1: two exciting moments of this movie. Okay. Two, two in a two and a half hour long movie. One of them was a train wreck. That looked cool. I liked that. The other one was literally a bunch of people pitching a tent. It was the only other time I was like, this is kind
0: of cool. That was a lot of yeah. fun. I, I liked <laughs> Sebastian falling off of the, uh, the
1: trapping. <laughs> <So hard. laughs> <I'm laughs> and so hard
0: and because I, because
1: the floor bounced,
0: <laughs> I was going to say, and I mostly like it because you could tell that it was a stunt and I was just really impressed that they did that stunt. That dude fell from so fucking high. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, yeah. That and, was impressive. And but it they was one shot really attempt to hide it. Yeah. they. It was one shot. It was, they showed that dude hit the ground, like <laughs> hide it, it or literally, not. That's still just impressive.
1: Like, and that's another thing is it failed in editing because it was literally three frames that they could have cut to go. Oh, damn. He hit the floor like it's like
2: boom then they show him laying there like he hit the like i watched
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: one thing i thought uh jonathan was mentioning you know like it smells it's usually hot it's uncomfortable it's like watching the kids eat ice cream it's like they look miserable like they don't want to be there that's how (laughs) i felt going to the circus when i was a kid it's like do the parents actually enjoy this or they're like i did this when i was a child so you have to do it too let's a rite of passage. would do it as a family, but nobody is having a good time.
1: No, because I had parents that liked to go to that shit, and I hated it. <laughs> you
2: think they really did, or did they just pretend? No, to?
1: they actually did because they okay. forced me to like it as much <laughs> as they did, and I didn't. I just didn't.
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: Zach. Yeah. It made twelve point eight in the U.S., so it must have done thirty-six worldwide. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Wild. I, that just hit me and i i went and looked it up so all right thank you moving on no
1: it it, i don't know how much more this is i don't know if this is a podcast of how much me and zach hate the circus (laughs) or how much we don't like this movie and that just goes to show that it's because this movie once again is just going to the circus
2: they could have taken this movie chopped it down maybe into an hour long documentary about the circus. And I would have been like, okay, it's a documentary about the circus, but they tried to tack on some weird ass <laughs> clown killed his wife story. And the train that was, I, I laugh every time you mentioned the train, because it, it was so random unless that's somehow based on a true story or but
0: no, but um apparently a tent did burn down and kill a ton of people. Yeah, uh, like in the 40s, and well, give me I'm that like, story. I'm thinking <laughs> like it was like a oh, thick 146 people or something. <laughs> I think <really>? I remember <laughs> hearing like, about that is...
1: in a book somewhere. Uh, yeah, is... uh, give me that one, I'll take that over the train wreck.
0: Yeah, that would have been interesting, anyway. So, this was uh, this was thought to be Ringling Brothers. Uh, hey, we're, we're still good, don't hate us for. Accidentally murdering over a hundred people. Yeah.
1: You know, and, and here's the thing is they start the movie off with, is this the death of the circus due to, you know, how the country's doing economically right now? Like, or is it because the circus itself is dying? Like, give me that kind of like gypsy vaudeville is dying kind of storyline. And maybe I might be plugged in.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I, I think cause they set it up so early in the film that I, I think, the death of the circus is an interesting enough premise that you could run with for maybe an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, But then you tack on another hour and 45 minutes of.
1: Yeah. But at no point did it look like (laughs) the circus was dying. The seats were filled because they had one dude who knew how to stand on a swing really well until he (laughs) couldn't. So a
2: Disney (sighs) album.
1: Oh, look, it's Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Hey, Mickey. (laughs) <laughs> hey it's Mickey hey it's Daffy like no fucking shit dude they just announced him I'm the, oh god just
2: like um. <laughs> I we're not doing so much behind the scenes with this podcast I guess but I just I don't I wonder how this movie even got made because we haven't had at least I don't feel like we have had such like a fluff piece that's like a PR piece for a movie especially one that would win best picture it just that adds to the annoyance.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I I didn't read anything in the research of why this movie in particular, Cecil B. DeMille just made a circus movie and yeah. just I think uh, he just wanted to
1: have a bunch of Cecil animals. Cecil B around.
0: Demented. Like just that's... a fun movie. <laughs> um yeah, and and apparently they like the cut of Charlton Heston's jib because this is only Charlton Heston's third film. Where Zach
1: is 100 percent correct, the man has been fifty-five since he was twenty-nine.
2: That is correct. God he looked old. <laughs> yeah. Tell he was dying and he had his hat off and his hair you know, he his face didn't look as lined. Yeah, <laughs> and when you know look what,
1: as old as a Last Crusade, and this Indiana is what, Jones.
2: This
0: is 1952 and what uh Planet of the Apes comes out in nineteen (laughs) sixty eight. Like in a minute, why does he look exactly the same?
2: (laughs) Yep. Also, Charlton Heston fifties and sixties cool, but Charlton Heston after nineteen seventy two
0: is that is that when it went all downhill?
2: (laughs) It's when he switched to the Republican Party and got interested in like NRA and shit. So, oh yeah, yeah.
0: Must must have happened on the set of the Last Man on Earth. (laughs) Like I mean, my.
1: There is so little about this movie that I can point to particular moments of being part of a movie and not a documentary.
2: Yeah, the the last thirty minutes or whatever after the train crash, I guess. But still, then they there's a parade scene and shit. Yeah,
1: like it's just it's like oh, there was a train crash. I guess the first thing we should do is get a parade to make sure the circus keeps going on. Like, no, who
2: cares about calling more doctors or the hospital? Somebody call the nearby town and see if they have places we could put injured and dying people oh, and and betty, betty hutton sings that circus song god
1: <laughs> Play the circus song! so and also there when you when when charleston heston needs little sebastian's blood did they ever say why they didn't like each other all of a sudden because well, he charleston heston was like hey you know you're a piece of shit oh look i told you you're a piece of shit and now you moved your hand i guess i'm a good guy because i pointed that out oh cool he's helping you out hey fuck you
0: (laughs) well i I mean charlton Heston didn't really like him to begin with like when he's when they introduce sebastian as a concept they're like sebastian but he's a douchebag he's like yeah he's a douchebag but, yeah, but a never, that brings in crowds. But never what? to the
1: point of, I don't like you enough to not want you to save my life by doing <laughs> yeah. nothing.
2: Like, it was just like, yeah, I, know.
1: I don't want this guy around. Okay, I cool. think
2: what happened was Charlton Heston's character, Brad, thought that if Bam. he <laughs> if he made him move his arm, he'd go back to being a trapeze artist, and he wouldn't try to marry Holly or whatever. But then it, like, backfired, and he's like, but- oh, now, now, you know, if I'm working, I won't marry Holly, and or I will marry Holly, or whatever. So,
1: at what like, point did he show interest to any female ever outside of Angel? I believe her name was knew how to pack a pipe. Yeah, well, at, then he what,
2: confesses, like afterwards, that he loves Holly or whatever. Did he? I yeah, maybe he fell asleep to that because once
1: again, I tuned out so much. I think. yeah,
0: I mean, they're kind of seeing each other at the beginning of the movie, so. Yeah, but it it really does feel like the one way relationship because he's in love with the circus, much yeah. like you guys are.
2: <laughs> no. I, I don't I don't even know why I'm taking time to explain it because it was a shitty love story. It, it, it really was, but uh, <laughs> just I feel like, like we haven't shit.
0: really covered the movie because we've been talking about you <laughs> guys having circus, there's circus not, and ice movie to cover. <laughs> so, but that's
1: the thing. Yeah, like like I said, I just how can we cover <laughs> a movie when there is no movie? Like there I mean, is and, no plot What Yeah, I get
0: that. Yeah.
1: Like You can say there's a love triangle or a love rhombus or whatever, but it was, no, it was just like one chick who bounced back and forth, a pissed off German guy who wanted to be with the chick who wanted to be with everybody, who then Shout only to wanted Angel, to be with the one head. guy because the one chick had the one guy who she didn't have. <laughs> I, it,
2: yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, like Paul said, is the best, well, I think both of you said he was the best part of the movie. The only part of the movie that actually has a story, the only actor that bothered to act much.
1: (laughs) Well, and the only character to be given any substance. Yeah. I mean, they even gave him that weird little, his mom was in like, so, and I mean, that gave a little bit of mystery. Like why is mom like kind of bothered? I was like the, at that moment, all I was given was, I guess she just thinks he's in trouble because he's in, or he's, he could be harmed because he's in the circus because the first I'd say 30 minutes the narrator keeps pointing out how dangerous it is to work at the circus.
0: Like cool, all right. So it's a dangerous game. A lot of a lot of math. I get that. But but not the most dangerous game. Yeah, No. Yeah. no.
1: Man. There was yes. no humanity in this movie whatsoever.
0: Yeah, this movie's it's trash. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, no, like I said, it's it's just it's hard to find like things <clears throat> to complain about when there's just nothing at all there's just no substance no anything in this movie to complain about other than fuck the circus
2: right. yeah and they you know and the women characters were badly written I'll comment on that as far as quality of the movie yeah um, they're well I I, I yeah. don't hate Angel's character I mean she was promiscuous but she had some backbone and she was nice to the elephants yeah but, yeah, but her her main driving force in the movie was trying to get with Brad
0: yeah the guy who's such a Brad. His last name is Braddon. <laughs> no, I...
1: no, it's just... Brad. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh Gentlemen, any other notes on this movie? No. <laughs> Are you able to write anything down other than...
2: <laughs> Let me my see. notes this week pretty much just say, hate circus. Hate circus. Let me
0: see. my My notes... Fuck this movie. Okay.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into our uh, Worsty Judgments. Start with Zach. Zach, did this movie deserve Best Picture?
2: All right. So I'm going to... Last week, uh, when we were in the Worsty Judgments... I said it was going to be a cliffhanger to be continued and we'll cover that here in the worst of judgments today. Um, mostly in the next question though. Uh, did it deserve best picture? Is that what you just asked me? That yes, correct. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it, it should have been either, you know, you know, there's four, four really big contenders, quiet man, high noon, Bad and Beautiful, and Singing in the Rain. It's like, those four, any one of those four would have been an acceptable, Singing in the Rain absolutely should have won. And, you no, know, I I um, also had the pleasure of watching Ikiru for the first time this week. Mm, yeah. The nice. beautiful movie. So, no, no. Should not have won at all.
1: Alright, um, I, I I'm with you one hundred percent um I have seen singing in the rain. I have always loved singing in the rain. Why was singing in the rain not even nominated? Um, this is I think this is truly one of the academy's first real fuck ups when it comes to best picture like this is one like like you screw the... like if you say singing in the rain did not get nominated because last year there was a musical you were instantly not talking about it, it's decrediting everything that came out in that year because it you're just saying this whole... isn't about the movie yeah. itself it's about the the environment and the atmosphere of hollywood right like, take everything by its own merit and you're not doing that so this is, I feel like, the first time it's super obvious with the Academy. So, no. This movie does not deserve Best Picture. Paul.
2: Well said.
0: Alright, so I'll do the rundown first uh, of the five Best Pictures here because uh, I'll go from my my least favorite up to my favorite. Uh, I, so watch Moulin Rouge for the first time. And holy fuck was that boring. Uh, <laughs> Jose Farrar as Luz Trek was not good. Anytime you make me say, man, I really wish I was watching the Boz Lerman version of something, <laughs> you've made a bad movie. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't normally Jones for the Romeo plus Juliet and I don't like the great Gatsby he did. And I've come around on parts of Moulin Rouge, but I still don't think it's a very good movie. And this movie was worse than that. Uh and it was directed by John Houston. Like What? (laughs) Hmm. I'm so confused Uh, and then there was Ivanhoe which was fine it was cute I liked it Uh, and again it made me just think of how much better the Adventures of Robin Hood was because that's a really good movie Hmm. Uh, and I wish I was watching that instead Uh, The Quiet Man is not one of my favorite John Ford films I, I like it I don't love it as much as especially some of the ones we've covered on the show so far mm-hmm. he he's an incredible director but the quiet man's i'd say like a b mm-hmm. and then high noon high noon's a perfect movie
2: yeah
0: like i didn't get to watch it this week i i deprioritized it because i wanted to watch the other two that i hadn't seen and then of course yeah. i've been watching um south by southwest films since tuesday so it's just yeah. taken up my week uh but High Noon's a perfect film. It's so it incredible. Is. It's a it's a beautiful uh, mm-hmm. allegory for anti-McCarthyism. I I love High Noon so much. And if Singing in the Rain wasn't going to be nominated for Best Picture and win like it deserved to, High Noon is definitely the best second pick that you could get. There's a reason that those two films went into the first class of the National Film Registry because they're both amazing and they both pretty much change the way that films are made going forward and it's a real shame that one of them's not here represented and the other Mm -hmm. loses best picture to this the greatest show on earth which absolutely does not deserve to win best picture even above moulin rouge which i almost fell asleep during or did fall asleep during i don't even remember (laughs) wow yep
1: all right so Now this is where I feel
2: like the question comes out. Zach, is
1: this the worst best picture of all time?
2: So far. So last week, when you asked this about American in Paris, which is obviously a good movie, and I said, but, through no fault of the movie itself, because of the politics of Hollywood, that movie winning resulted in my new worst best picture. (gasps) I thought the Broadway melody was going to go all
0: the way. Yeah, I no. really did too.
2: It it was, it was close because I still do not like that movie, but it, at least it's shorter and it was an earnest attempt at something. This movie is just a complete pile of shit that I never want to look at again. So it's my new worst, best picture, especially against the competition, you know, Broadway melody I'd seen maybe one of the other movies. It's like there there was nothing that stood out to me like, oh, that should have really won. It was just a bad movie. Yeah. This is a bad, horrible, no good movie that didn't deserve the accolades because it took away from others. Although time has been kinder to high noon. Like you said, it was first class and everybody loves singing in the rain this way. So (laughs) or singing in the rain anyway. Uh, so time corrects some errors. Most errors. Yeah. Some slower than others. Right. But yeah. Piece of shit movie. I feel it'll probably be my worst for a while too.
1: Very nice. Um, I have the benefit of being the filthy casual. Where all of the movies we've seen so far. Outside of a couple. Not so not all. Have been first time views which means when I thought Gone with the Wind was going to be the absolute bottom, I thought it was going to stay there. It did not. It became my number two when this movie (laughs) became the worst best picture. Mm -hmm. You have made such a bad movie (laughs) that you took 36 years of hate. It made me go... Was it that? <laughs> At bad? least that movie had
2: cinematic <laughs> merit. It was racist and shit, but yeah,
1: like you made me a go good movie. Maybe the super racist fucking <laughs> movie that does nothing but glorify everything that I hate isn't as bad as you. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Fuck you, movie. You are the worst best picture.
2: Excellent.
0: Paul? Okay. I just want to I want to preface this by saying one thing. I am so happy right now. The three of us are on the same page gig there it is yes! there is the greatest show on earth as my <laughs> worst best picture i give it half a star i am forgiving a star i am putting this under the film that i was angry about them pandering to nazis <laughs> <laughs> there is no artistic merit to this film it is there is at the least artistic merit to gone with the wind and the life of emile zola this film is garbage it is just such a slog to get through and what was the film i i posted about the other day that i said that every 20 minutes i looked down and i had only watched five minutes a movie wasn't this
2: oh because was it was it this or the one with the the insufferable couple there? oh no
0: no it, it was something before i got into the uh because it was a
2: now i gotta look it up up because it's bothering
0: me i shouldn't even have brought it up but now i gotta look it up (laughs) because it really just was one of those films oh hillbilly elegy oh that's it oh Oh, Oh, my god that film is trash anyway i felt the same way about this movie except this movie's two and a half hours long why
2: could you i'll admit that a lot of this movie i spent looking at my phone because I was like okay circus shit is still happening I'm not
0: (laughs) and you can you can ignore this movie that's how bad it is there's so little plot to it that you could just not be in this movie at all
1: this was the first movie I was actually able to do homework during
0: (laughs) it's it's white noise and it's it's not fun it's not a good movie and there's just nothing good about it and I don't like it
2: I'm glad Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus is dead.
0: I kind of am. I kind of am too because I have kids, and I know, I know, my
2: wife would have wanted us to go take uh, them to the circus. But you know, I'm, I'm glad mine never have to live through the experience of that kind of surf, circus. And...
0: Yeah, yeah. Long live Disney on Ice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, you know, performers and Cirque du Soleil or something, maybe. But you know, yeah trotting out animals for... boring. I just yeah.
1: That's like taking anything that might be good about the circus and just taking that out and being even more boring. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. So well we're gonna call that here. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok and Twitch at all torrent underscore Occam.
2: Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker at Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, where I post short movie reviews, and on TikTok at House Havoc. And you can follow me on
0: Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and TikTok at Father of Fear across all platforms. And what film are we watching next week, Zach?
2: We are watching From Here to Eternity, which you can find and rent on Amazon, Google Play, iTunes... Voodoo or YouTube.
0: eggs. We would like to thank Chad from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You can follow the show on Twitter at Oscar Pod and on Instagram at Oscar Pod and on Facebook at The Oscar Worsty Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps us to be seen in the almighty Cheetos Mac and Cheese algorithm. algorithm with mac and Cheetos.
1: <laughs> Cheetos Mac and Cheese.
0: Jonathan and Zach, I'd like for you all to have a damn fine day.